Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast coming from the West or for coming from the Eastern Luke household off of a Houghton in 22nd. I'm Mike Luke. Uh, I'm having to rent my borrow a car from my parents. So that's why I'm here. Jason Shear there as well, coming from his normal enclave. Hello, Shear. What's going on? All right, we're going to talk some U of A football, some U of A basketball. We're going to go through the entire gauntlet. But first, we've got to talk about the scrimmage. Um, first thing I noticed, though, Sheer, I don't think the defense is going to stink this year. I'm not sure that it's going – it's not going to be good. I'm not saying that, but I don't think it's going to be what we've seen the last three or four years. Average. It's going to be an average college football defense, which is fantastic for Arizona fans. It's not going to be like – dominant or anything but it's not going to be bad i would be really surprised if this was a bad defense it, it's going to be significantly improved from last season and it's so much more active that's the thing too and i put i think you have to put a lot of that on Dwayne akina obviously but the activity level in it is much much better and far more impressive than i think that what we've seen in the past obviously where i mean last year was kind of a uh, we're going to go back and forth from giving up 500 yard runs Two, allowing you to catch 12-yard passes right in front of us the entire time like they did against ASU. Well, it's just better athletes, you know, and, and we've discussed it like at linebacker, you know, no offense to Jerry Roberts, but he was significantly slower than any of these guys that Arizona has at linebacker now. Defensive line, completely rebuilt, um, you know, going two, three deep in, in some cases, just bigger guys that are also mobile at the same time. There's just a major speed and athleticism upgrade at pretty much every position on defense. All right, we got AMAC in here. Howdy, y'all. Joey Harrison. Happy uh, birthday, by the way, Joey Harrison. Last week, Joey Harrison turned 30, a charter member of the Back the A movement right there. We appreciate you, Joey. Um, now, um, this team, now, I, I will say, though, that this was far from a flawless performance right here and that there was uh, there were way too many penalties. My guy Noah Fafita did not look great, obviously. We can get to Noah Fafita here in a minute. I still believe fully in Noah Fafita, but it also uh, – it was a very much of a hit-or-miss scrimmage here, Sheer. Yeah, but it was weird because, like, I'm pretty sure they were high school refs, and, I mean, they were calling everything. And at one point, Jed actually met – I think it was at halftime – Jed met with the refs and talked to him. And then all of a sudden they didn't call anything after the half because it, it was just getting silly. I mean, it was just laughable right. at some of the things, but it was still sloppy. I mean, there were false starts penalties that they haven't had during practice and all that, but you know, that's why you get in the stadium, you play music, you, you know, and all that. And then they got a few weeks to learn and, and, and fix it. But yeah, I mean, there were, there were definitely some sloppy moments in the scrimmage. I was happy to see, by the way, not going just with the scrimmage, but I was happy to see Jacob Cowling, second team preseason All-American Jacob Cowling. That was another nice little get from Jed Fish, and it makes total sense. The guy can break runs. He can. Uh, he's very good uh, yards after the catch. He is a, a player that obviously Jaden Delora has a great deal of com uh, uh, a comfort factor with. Jacob Cowling's a beast. Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. He, he deserves all the praise and compliments and preseason recognition that he's getting um he's going to be better than last year too i mean he somehow looks more explosive than he was last season a uh, really really good reliable wide receiver they're going to use in a variety of ways yes and then you got him you got t-mac obviously kevin green i want to talk about kevin green here for a minute is this the year does kevin green hit the field this year and by meaning hit the field is he that fourth or fifth wide receiver that he is out there a significant portion of the time I mean, I think he's the fourth wide receiver. Here's the thing in, in that Jetfish 
Jetfish operates a lot like an NFL team. In his mind, T-Mac and Cowing are so good, they're going to play every single offensive stat. I don't like right. that for Cowing. So now you look at the slot. It's Montana Lamonius Greg versus Kevin Green. And do I think Kevin Green can take some snaps away from him? Yes, but, I mean, Montana looks good, and, and there's not a very big wide receiver rotation. We'll see if Jed changes because – uh, Cummings, the wide receiver coach, has said it, in his world he would love a deeper, you know, rotation at wide receiver. But Fish just doesn't like taking those guys off the field. Well, see, and I have no problem with T Mac, but I think the problem with, and again, Jed Fish, obviously, I am sitting here looking to borrow my parents' car for the next couple of days because my alternator went out. While Jed Fish is the head coach of the U of A, so that all that needs to be said, but. I don't believe, though, that it's ideal for Jacob Cowing to be out there the entire time. I think you're asking for injuries there, Sheer. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't disagree. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, but the thing is, like, the, the other guys better step up, you know? And, and, and I think it's hard to take, like, it's like in basketball, you know, you're not wanting to take out your best player. You just don't want to do it. But you don't play him 40 minutes either. I mean, we're not talking about Cowing. You know, we're, we're talking about what five snaps a game on offense out of ninety that Cowing doesn't play. So it's not like it's a big deal, but uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, I I don't know where what Kevin Green's role is. I do believe that he's the second slot guy, but how much is Cowing going to leave the field? That's that's going to be the question right there. And again, again, it's a scrimmage. I totally get that. We can't go into obviously any more practices. Oh, by the way, welcome home, Bruce Pasco. By the way, we will uh, we'll be getting to Bruce here uh, shortly. Um, Rayshon Speedy Luke, fam, you got to again had another nice run. This is uh, I don't care how you do it, and I know I sound like a broken record. You got to get him the ball eight times a game minimum. Sheer, I'm going to keep saying that. Yeah, it feels like they're going to force the issue, and and I don't mean that they in a should. bad way. What I mean is, yeah, they're going to find ways to get him the ball. He'll, he'll, uh, my guess is he'll get two or three regular carries out of the backfield, two or three passes, and maybe they figure out a couple things. He'll he'll get like eight touches, ten touches a game, in my opinion. Um, he's never going to surpass the other guys as a true running back. He's not built that way, and he doesn't need to be. You know, give him a handful of carries, give him a handful of catches, put him back there on special teams once in a while. And there you go. Kenny Abbey, our guy, the great Kenny Abbey. Hi, Mike. Hi, Jason. Two more weeks. Bear down and back the freaking A, baby. We like hearing that. By the way, Sheer, we've been saying it all year, all offseason. We want people to get money out here. We've been saying BetMGM. Take the over of five wins on BetMGM. This is correct. Yeah, I, I was asked for my official prediction from 24-7. I kind of – I'm going to disappoint you. I didn't go seven and five. You've been saying went, that all you went eight. I see it. You I went, went eight. I went ten and two. No. I went six and six, which is fine. It's a bowl game. I'm fine. Six and six is fine. That's over five, though, on the Bet MGM. Yeah, I'm over five. I'm all in on over five. Okay, here's the deal then. Sign up for BetMGM using bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to 1000 back in bonus bets if it loses. Check out the show notes for full details, and let's hear our guy Shane Diefenbach, who we're going to get to in a few minutes with the disclaimer. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Thank you, Shane. Um, we will get to Shane. We had a conversation with Shane uh, about Arizona's wide receivers that we're going to be getting back to here. But first, we need to talk about Robert Polito. Um, Sheer, you guys Raymond, do awesome. What's Raymond. that? Raymond Polito. Excuse me. I, I always – it's funny because I message his father all the time, so it's become Raymond Polito. I will never mess this up again. But we need to talk about Raymond Polito here. Sheer, why wasn't he more highly rated? I mean, Mike, we had him pretty highly rated. You had him at like 332nd in the nation or something like that. I'm going to look this up. Was he that low? Right. We had him. No. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Be careful, Shear. We had him. Yeah, we had him way too low. Okay. (laughs) Did you have him at? Well, three star. (laughs) He is a lot better than that. Shear, he is a high four-star player right there. Raymond Polito was grossly underrated by all of the recruiting services. I will say that Jason Shear knows that. But again, this is the second straight year that Arizona has gotten a little bit of an under the radar kid. Oh, by the way, who was committed to Alabama, who just oozes NFL potential. Him and Jonas Savanea on the line right there is going to be something very fun to watch. Yeah, we got him at the, I think it's the fifth best lineman in California. So, <laughs> Sheer, don't uh, rationalize it. Just admit your uh, error and we'll move on. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's a monster, right? And, like, it, it, you know, the key to the offensive line was always getting that one one more guy. You know Morgan's good. You know Jonah's good. Wendell Moe is solid. Josh Baker is solid. It was that fifth guy, like, you say to yourself, okay, Joe Borjan? Like, what? And in no disrespect, it's like, where is that going to come from? Well, two practices into camp, Raymond Polito's already started. And he right. looks really good doing it. He looks like he's been playing for years. And this is a kid that wasn't even here during the spring. So now all of a sudden you have two linemen on the right side that are six five three whatever. I mean, it's it's monstrous, right? Arizona's offensive line is absolutely huge now. It's really good. And before camp, the offensive line was a concern. And I would argue that after camp, it's one of the positions that you feel the best about. All right, that is going to be our uh, – that is going to be not a clip or that's going to be a clip right there, uh, Jacob Franklin. By the way, the great Jacob Franklin taking shots at Kenny Abbey right here. Woo, be careful, Jacob Franklin. Jacob Franklin, pull up what you just said to Kenny Abbey right here. We need to talk about this. Jacob Franklin. No, not what Kenny Abbey said, what Jacob Franklin said. Come back here, Jacob Franklin. Even though Kenny's an ASU fan, it's a bit much. Kenny lives in Phoenix, so Kenny can come in. Kenny's a proud Phoenician. But he he says, Kenny, I will say they might be NAU and might have acted big time. But if you're on NAU, you're probably acting the same way. Yeah, I don't have a problem with how NAU acted. Although, I don't know if people know this, but the, the press boss, the coaches were nuts. Like, they were yelling, like, this is our state. And keep in mind, the Arizona coaches are, like, right next to them. Right. That was a bit much. Yeah, that and you know what? Arizona is going to remember this. By the way, I cannot wait for our friend Ben White is flying in for the first game. Sheer Mike Luke and Ben White sitting together in the press box. What could possibly? And Shelby. Oh, and Shelby, that's right. Man, we're gonna. Matt Enser is gonna have his hands full. <laughs> we're gonna. 
If you, uh, if you ever watch a game of the press box with Mike, how many times will I tell you to be quiet, you think, first game, especially in a blowout? No, but you you start you're subtle. You're more subtle about it. You like grab the arm or something on a big play, where I just go like, oh, like yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I can't wait for this to get here, though. This team doesn't stink, and I'm very excited about that. Also, you mentioned Raymond Polito right there. We need to talk about then Wendell Mo, Jonas Sabanea, and uh, uh, Raymond Polito next year. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, and, and like, obviously the, the concern is replacing Jordan Morgan next year, but Arizona's shown, and look, the young guys, like, Elijah Payne looks like he's going to be legit. Rhino is probably going to be the guy that replaces Jordan Morgan or they'll switch Jonah back, whatever. Rhino is going to play as a true freshman on the offensive line. Right. He's probably second string right now. He's legit. Brandon Carroll deserves a lot of credit because his ability to go out and not only recruit and land offensive linemen, but to also evaluate some of the other ones. Uh, you know, he's he, he's shown that he knows what he's doing. You know, the carnival barkers out there that say that there's no coaching going on in this staff could not be more uh, mistaken. You watch all of, I don't even know what people are looking at right here. You watch the, the you watch the improvement from these players, game in, game out, day in, day out. It's quite impressive, Skier. Yeah, I mean, look. The, the, the ability to coach up and, and play a true offensive lineman, a true freshman, and for them to be good, it's pretty damn impressive. And, like, I was looking at the offensive. Like, Shelvin and I did a podcast last night, and I went through the offensive recruits that they brought in. I would say right now I could say with confidence they hit on 90% of them. Right. So they can evaluate. And then you, you don't worry, like, especially at wide receiver, you don't worry about them coaching them up. Like, Kevin Cummings, I've shown he knows what he's doing. Right. And the other guys, too, that are even a little bit underrated. Jackson Holman's going to get run this year. Uh, Malachi Riley, obviously a little bit on the thin side. He's going to be fine as well. There's just a lot to like about this squad. Yeah, I mean, it, that receiver group is is ridiculous. Holman's going to be good. Riley's going to be good. Carlos Wilson is going to be a stud. I mean, the, Devin Hyatt looks good. Uh, they just added Derek English, and if he gets his knee back in, in shape, you know, that's a steal. I mean, they, you don't have to worry about that position group. At all under Jetfish. How long until Derek English is put on scholarship? He's. I, it sounds like he's got to prove that he's healthy because Jed. Right. I didn't know this, and he kept it pretty secret. But Jed said he's had like two major knee injuries, which explains why everyone stopped recruiting him. Uh, right. So he's got to get healthy, and I think if he's healthy, they'll they'll put him on scholarship pretty quickly. That has very much of a feel for that as well. We're going to get to some Arizona basketball here in a second, but first, all kinds of stuff going down with Circle K right now. Uh, Jason Shear tagged me in a post right here, but we're going to stick with what we know about Circle K right now, and Circle K is for the people, by the people. Jason Shear, when was the last time you went to Circle K? Uh, I go there for gas, so, but it's been like a week. All right, make sure, make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff here. Text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club. And again, get a buy one, get one free polar pop right there. You can see many of your PHNX personalities as you are pumping gas. That's how big of a deal it is here with Circle K. Check it out. All right. Now, we're going to move over. We're going to get back to some Arizona football, but we got to talk Arizona basketball here. We got to talk Bruce Pascoe. We got to talk the entire uh, gamut right here. First of all, Bruce Pascoe in the Middle East with a uh, uh, riding solo in a rental shows you how tough this man is. And they just don't make people like Bruce Pascoe anymore, Jason Shear. 
I like Bruce is the best. You know, we're texting him at random hours in the morning. <laughs> he replies to us when he wakes up. I had him go and I was like, hey, you know, can you go find out what's going on with this guy? And he goes and finds out for me. Uh, Bruce is a good dude. You know, I, I know he's a look. Bruce knows that Bruce is awkward sometimes, but that's that's why we love Bruce. That's why we love Bruce. And Bruce also does not care where he is. And he, Bruce is also awesome because the, the concept of possibly anybody making something up does not uh, uh, does not cross Bruce's mind. Like there was uh, some talk going back and forth that the Emoy had met the Sheikh in uh, Dubai. And of course, Bruce then starts asking questions about how he did it, you know, probably thinking for a story. And then they then Bruce messaged us and he said they were just being pranksters. That's Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. Um, all right, Cheer. We got to talk, though, about what we saw out there. Mostly good right here, but we're going to talk about KJ Lewis first right here. Cheer, there was another Missy Val by you guys. And I blame you a little bit here. I don't blame you for the other ones, but I blame you a little bit for KJ Lewis. So here's what people have to understand why evaluations aren't a perfect science and, and they never will be. Uh, I know that our 24 seven guys went to see KJ Lewis multiple times last mm-hmm. year. He was on the same, his team was loaded. He was on Ron Holland's team, all that. His shooting numbers. I've seen them uh, were awful. We're talking in like, like 20% from the field and like three games combined. So what you do as an evaluator is like, okay, well, the guy can't shoot in front of me. How am I supposed to, you know, put him higher in the rankings? But then you see him in like, you look at like what Tommy Lloyd has seen him. And look, the Arizona coaching staff, you know, I don't want to say they had disagreement, but there was different levels of confidence in terms of his freshman season, how much he'll contribute. But now all of a sudden, like you come like, did you really think he'd be a contributor right away? No, but I did think he was an NBA player, and I thought he was going to be a problem by the time he was a second year. You did not see that, Sheer. You do not no, get to hop on this game. But I'm saying, like, and I don't know, and, and to be honest, I don't know how much he's going to play a freshman year. You still got to wonder where the minutes ultimately will come from. But it's pretty apparent he's super athletic. He's going to defend. He's going to rebound. He wasn't perfect on the international trip. He had, like, 30 fouls. But, you know, right. it's, it's whatever. And then he hit a couple threes last game. Offense – is going to be there in a slashing capacity. His shooting probably needs to get better. But I've always said he's a good defender and rebounder, and I think that's the key to getting him on the court early in his career. Is he better? than? Remember when you said a while back you thought he would essentially be Daniel Dillon? Do you want to take that back? I've never said he's going to be Daniel Dillon. Correct. Uh, I just made that up. No, I've not, I don't think I've ever said that about anyone except for Daniel Dillon. Except for Daniel Dillon. All right, now we got to talk about somebody that we are disappointed in right here because he's a leader of men and we hold him to a higher standard. Umar. All right, a buddy of mine, <laughs> a celebrity buddy of mine, was uh, telling me he's like, man, he's like Umar's out of shape, man, and man is Umar out of shape. I don't know how. Here's what I don't get: How do you go into your senior year where you know this is your time and come in looking? Let's be honest. You're kind of like you weren't like you were just sitting around. So here's the here's a good. I think it's awesome that Tommy Lloyd lets all these guys do the international thing throughout the summer, go home, all that. A lot of times it's good. Umar is an example of what can go wrong with that. Uh, went to Africa, helped a ton, did a lot of charity work, and all For that. Sure. Obviously, awesome dude, awesome whatever. But clearly. W- didn't come back in basketball shape. Correct. I mean, he's just not about it. And I think he would admit that, Um, you know, and it's a little disappointing because you got to find a way to balance that. 
I think he'll be in better shape when the season starts. But there's no question that on this trip and right now, uh, it just didn't go well for him. He just didn't look good. All right. Now, we're a little disappointed in Umar Ballo, leader of men. We still call him a leader of men on this show. But we got to talk about Montias Crevis, though. That dude's a monster. And not only is he a monster, he is going to push Umar Ballo for minutes this year. And he's starting next year. I don't care who's on the team. Crevis is starting at center next year. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. And and look, you know, again, you want to see him defend against real human beings because <laughs> the first two games was a great Lebanon had a, you know, a, a big, um, but you want to see how he kind of adjusts there and all that, but you could just tell he's really good. I mean, and, and, and I think, you know, some people need to calm down a little bit. Like I know someone on the message board, there's a thread comparing him to Christian Coloco. It's like, okay, let's, let's calm down a little bit in, in that regard. He's better um, at the same stage though. Yeah, but Coloco is, is a freak defensively. And Crevis just doesn't have that build. He's not that type of dude. But, yeah, I mean, it's clear that Crevis can play as a freshman and is going to be really good in his career at Arizona. Crevis is definitely playing at least 15 minutes per game this year. We agree on this. Yeah, I would say I would say 15 is probably where he's at, 10 to 15. Now let's talk about Pauly M. You got, talked about how the wide receivers look like all – or the, a lot of the newcomers on offense look like hits. Pauly M looks like a hit as well. And what I like about Pauly M there on the perimeter is that Pauly M comes in with a confidence and a swag right there. Yeah, he's good. Another guy that's good. Like you mentioned, we talk about hits. Arizona hit on all these guys, right? And he he's a very confident guy. Um, he's played against high-level competition, so he's not going to be scared of playing against college guys. He played against – Grown men overseas in America, I don't care. It's still grown men that you're playing against. And, you know, you take a look at him and he could he could play the three. He really can. And, and you know, when the coaches told me that, I kind of laughed. And you don't want him there for 25 minutes. But if you play him at the three for 10, it's not a big deal. He's a three, four guy and, and he's going to play right away also. Right. And then another guy that we need to talk a little bit about right here that I think a lot of people have have some question have some questions about let's talk now about Jaden Bradley I don't have a problem that Jaden Bradley Jaden Bradley just kind of smoothly fit in right there it didn't, didn't look too great didn't look too bad Bradley was just kind of out there but I'm okay with it I was more than okay with what I saw out of JB yeah when I said I didn't notice Jaden Bradley I didn't mean that as an insult because if you notice someone, a lot of times it's, you notice them because they're playing poorly. He didn't play poorly at all. I mean, he had seven assists against that team in the Abu Dhabi LA Fitness or whatever it was. But uh, against Lebanon, he was fine. He handles the ball. The one thing that I say I can tell right now is going to translate well is he gets into the lane consistently. Mm-hmm. And, and we had nobody like that last year. Right. And he doesn't need to shoot it because what happens is, you know, with Tommy's offense, if, as soon as that defense is collapse on Jaden Bradley, it's done. Arizona's ball movement is too good. Someone's going to get an open shot. His assist numbers are going to be really good this season. His assist numbers are going to be good. He, it wouldn't surprise me at all if his numbers are something like eight points, four and a half assists, and like two steals or something like that. Um, yeah, and he's already one of the best perimeter defenders on Arizona. Easily. Yes, and all right. Now, Kylan Boswell. I think that with Kylan Boswell, um, we need to uh, we need to say that essentially Boswell is Boswell is going to be a very very good college player. But I think we kind of need to pump the brakes a little bit, even if he wants to be in the NBA next year, which you know nobody can force him to stop. He's not a great NBA prospect per se. Yeah, I mean he's a good, very good college player. 
Uh, you know, 10 years ago, you would have said he's a four, a four year player. Right. Right. Um, you know, he just only cause he doesn't have that super athleticism, lateral quickness and all that, but he doesn't need it in college. Like he's, he's very good. Uh, he's, he's going to get assists. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to hit the open jumpers. Uh, he's a solid point guard. Like I have no complaints about him, but he, I, I don't think he's going to be an absolute superstar this year. All right. B cat right here says he heard Jason's friends, uh, Jason Shears, good friend, Brad Alice is starting five. What is Shears starting five this year? And I'll tell you if you're right or not Shear. Uh, I'm still torn on if Pella's going to come off the bench or not. Pell, uh, I'm bringing Pella off the bench. I'm starting. Sure, this is one easy one. Yeah, Oswald. I know. You're going to say the three guards and then uh, Keyshawn Johnson and then Umar Bala. How did you pronounce it? How's it? How did you pronounce it? Keyshawn. There you go. Very good. Very good. You would do this I, as well. In my opinion, I would go Bradley off the bench. Why would you go Bradley off the bench? You Oh, I get it. You want more ball handling in the starting lineup with Pella. I want I want a guard off the bench because if you start Bradley, who's your guard off the bench if something goes wrong? KJ. Well, yeah, well, you just move him over then. I don't know. I, I like Pell in the starting lineup. All right, you like Pell. All right, you like Pella. Well, now let me ask you this then: What if Pella doesn't like Pella in the starting lineup? Well, you can do whatever he wants. I mean, if Pella wants to come off the bench, now Pella was really good on this trip, by the way. He was good on this trip. Now. The Lloyd, let's talk about the Lloyd hype train a little bit with Pella. Does he push uh, Pella as a preseason conference player of the year, perhaps? Probably. Every Doesn't every coach do this, though? Especially Lloyd really, really likes uh, Pella. Sean That's did obvious. it with, like, who was it where Sean said the guy was like, didn't he compare, like, Mark Collison to, like, Rondé or something? No, no he's, didn't he compare, no, it was like, uh, yeah, it was something. Oh, it was something wretchedly bad like that. Yeah, yes, like, I feel like every coach, some like, you know, just does it. It's weird. Right. All right. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right on that one, Sheer. You're probably right on that one. Now we're gonna get to the uh, we're gonna get to some Pac-12, Big Twelve talk. I here. will say this though, because you said Player of the Year. I think Keyshawn Johnson is a sleeper for Pac-12 Player of the Year. Not only that, I think Keyshawn Johnson is a lock to be caught or a Pac-12 uh, first team Pac All Pac-12. Keyshawn- I think. Watching him and him in transition and all that, I could absolutely see him averaging like 14, eight, couple blocks, couple steals again. Sure, you literally just stole that from me because I said that last time we were on. You took that and you didn't catch you say. That's true. And I honestly, I don't really blame you. And Kenny Abbey, we are clearly kidding about this, right? Well, actually, no, I'm not kidding. I don't think that Pella is going to be player of the year. But I think Tommy Lloyd probably thinks there's a little bit of a chance. When are you doing the ASU preview so we could get Kenny on? Oh, that's a great point to get. Yeah, dude, that's do get Phoenix, get Phoenix's finest Kenny Abbey on to preview ASU. Um, by the way, it was funny. Last show we did, we were talking about how Bobby Hurley's got to get out of uh, ASU like pronto. I had a Big 12 fan message me and he says, yeah, he says, that's not going to work over here. And then I said, uh, why not? And he said, because they stink. <laughs> and they don't stink. I think that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit too strong of a term. But I don't think that Bobby Hurley and ASU is a good fit basketball wise in the uh, conference. Awful. They're gonna be, when you look at the conference. Who's the doormat? It's going to be Utah and ASU and, and, UC, and UCF. Yeah, those three right there. And that's actually pretty good when you think about it. If ASU is going to be one of your doormats because they have been the play in game you lately, so. That's, if I was Bobby Hurley, I would pray that I get to like 18 wins this year and I am out. 
I don't know where it is or what it's going to look like, but I'm gone. Would you go to St. Peter's? <laughs> where you know it's where would Bobby go? It's got to be somewhere like St. Peter's now. Bobby not getting the St. John's job is just got to be miserable for him. Uh, but dude, oh by the way, and you don't you're not buying Rick Pitino. Not like you are. You think they're going to win the national title in like two years? No, I said they'll be in a final four within four. You're nuts. And you say no. So you think that it's a crazy question to ask who's in a final four first, the Tommy Gun or uh, Rick Pitino? Yes. And why do you say this? Uh, I just don't think St. John's is making it. Oh, you don't think he'll be able to get the players? Uh, no, I don't. All right, by the way, Ted Wardo has just entered the room again. Now, Ted, Ted Wardo is not nearly as screen shy as he's been in the past. But you might look at Ted Wardo and you say, he has got some huge eyes right there. He does. You know how you would cover him, though, Sheer? Shady Rays. Shady Rays. That's what it is. Ted Wardo, come here. You want to come here, Ted Wardo? But Shady Rays is where it's at. Now, like I've always said, I'm not cool, but Shady Rays does its best to mask that exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is now giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code word PHNX for 20 or for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. Now. Uh, speaking of uh, Arizona and whatnot, uh, we haven't been able to make fun of ASU too much right here, but we do need to talk about Michael Crow for a minute. Um, Michael, I've, I can't tell you how many times I have watched that interview with Michael Crow where he's talking about the uh, where he's talking about streaming and about the unique capability of being able to capture the moment and then play it back. Sheer, we need more Michael Crow out there, not less Michael Crow. It is like, does he not have DVR? Or, or I mean, I, it, maybe he doesn't, but like that quote is the quote that just keeps on giving. And I'm excited because I can only imagine how many more things he's going to screw up. I think Ray Anderson learned his lesson after the West Virginia comment. I really do. I think I he's going to, he's going to behave himself, say all the right things. Crow is going to say something so stupid. Like, the fact that he's still talking about the Pac-12 deal at all. Like you did notice all these ADs did their one interview or their mm-hmm. one presser, and it's all big 12 ahead. Right. Crow's probably going to do another interview this week talking about how they should have taken the Pac-12 deal and how big he hates the big 12, basically. By the way, Keck, our ASU, our second favorite ASU fan besides uh, Kenny Abbey Jr. says, Mike, you're obsessed with ASU and Crow. Correct. I am obsessed with him because I need to keep watching him. Sheer, this is the gift, like you said, that keeps on giving. We can't turn away from it. I need more Michael Crow. And again, the streaming comment is, uh, let me ask you this. Do you think a month ago Michael Crow knew what streaming was? Uh, Apparently not. Seriously, like I would I would have said absolutely, but he literally described something that has been around for how long? Like, what was the first it. DVR called? What was that called again? Um, what was the first DVR called? Um, but it was very good, though. Um, yeah. Oh, it's got the little TiVo. 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 Yeah. TiVo. There's no, I never heard of TiVo for sure. No, thanks. All right. But so, again, that's our little uh, Michael Crow talk. But now we're going to talk a little Big 12 because on each show we are going to talk some Big 12. That's called bringing in the people. By the way, I'm going to tweet out that we're talking Big 12 right now. Sheer, I, uh, I'm, what is the best combination of errors or what is the best combination in the Big 12 right now of basketball and football? 
Ooh. Uh, I'd have to think about it. I got to go Baylor. Yeah. TCU would probably be up there because they don't have a bad basketball team. Yeah, but TCU doesn't. Ha- well, yeah, but Baylor, you got Baylor. You got a top five to seven basketball program. And in football, again, three coach school. I'm going to keep saying that I'm going I'm going Baylor. Jervis Williams agrees, though, with Jason Shear, not Mike Luke. Kansas State's probably up there. Kansas State is very solid. We like, oh, by the way, shout out to our guy, John Kurtz. We like John Kurtz a very, very much. By the way, John Kurtz is also a big fan of Jason Shearer. He retweets much of Jason Shearer's stuff. John's a good person. It's John is a good person right there. I am going, though, with, uh, I think I'm going to go Baylor right there. By the way, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, these road trips right here, I know some people are dreading them, <laughs> the uh, the uh, the uh, power institutions that we don't get to go to. I am looking forward to all of these trips right here, Sheer, except for I'm the BYU. I'm trying to think of one away trip I've ever made for an Arizona athletic event where I was like, man, this really sucks. Like, it's fun. Albuquerque would be the closest one. I didn't like Albuquerque very much. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, New Mexico. Nothing good ever comes out of New Mexico except Tylan Gonzalez. Steve Rivera, we still love you on this show. Matt Um, Enzer is from Albuquerque. Shout out Matt Enzer. Oh, Matt Enzer. We do like Matt Enzer. Matt Enzer, by the way, is definitely going to be earning his money in the press box this coming year. That is for sure. Um, let's now, uh, but uh, I think you're pro, I think it's between K. I don't know why people aren't going K state right here. Uh, pro, yeah, I don't know. It's, Chris it's, Kleiman it's, done a very good job. I'll, I'll say this. If Arizona football gets seven wins this year, makes a bowl. Why do not? We, do we, by the way, Jed fish, do we call him a, a, a fisher of recruits? Mm. Is that stupid? I'd rather we say, like, he reeled in another five-star. Yeah, but that's way too easy. We've got to get a little bit more complicated than that. By the way, Conrad Martinez, um, Tommy Lloyd thinks that he can usurp me and my role of nicknames right here by calling him El Jefito. Dude, and he calls it during practice. Like, when we watch practice, Conrad made a good play, and he, like, he went by the nickname. It was awesome. Right. No, dude, Tommy Lloyd gets it. And like I posted on your uh, page as well, Tommy Lloyd is very nice to Bruce. And that's, by the way, we got to give a big shout out to uh, Bruce, though, for all the coverage that he did do for over there. And it was very much appreciated by the U of A community as they tweeted that out right there. That's a big move. That is a big move. All right. Now, in the Big 12, what are the ones that you're like, oh, by the way, we got to talk about BYU fan for a second. BYU fan. I wholeheartedly support you in your in the holy war against Utah, as I can't really Utah fans, not all of them, but many of them have kind of been uh, have been less than ideal to Arizona. But BYU fan that keeps telling me that they have the best home court advantage in college basketball. I do not see. Uh, I for, for Big 12 fans that are just still learning about Mike, I give it about a month until he hates every Big 12 fan base. Oh, no, 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 no. I like <laughs> I like him because here's the thing. I like them because they care about sports. That matters to me. Yeah. No, I mean, like, you're gonna, you you will complain to me about every fan base within a month. Yeah, but I like them. Like, listen, I'm not going to ever complain about Kansas because they get the right to talk. They're Kansas basketball right there. And Burke is at Kansas. That's fair. You think Burke's still mad at me? Yes. If you're the Big 12, you got to open up. Kansas, Arizona has to be your opening Big 12 basketball game, right? Oh, can you imagine? It has to be. That makes a lot of sense, though, doesn't it? Yes, has to be. 
And then as far as recruiting goes, I don't think that it's going to really change. I've had a number of people ask me this. I don't think that recruiting in the Big 12 is going to change for Arizona basketball at all. It's a national brand. It's a national reach. Um, for football, though, I do think you're probably going to see Jed Fish add a couple. Of, I think you're going to see him fish for a couple recruit or a couple coaches from Texas, though. Uh, I will say this. I think Arizona's last like 10 offers in football have been in Texas. And that's right. not and that's not a coincidence. Uh, and then two of their offers were in California to San Diego State commits, which is awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, look, it, it, basketball, it does I don't even know if conference matters at all. I mean, Gonzaga doesn't even have a conference and they always recruit well. Um, you know, it, it's football it it really expands your reach like now you could probably go into florida a little bit now you could probably go into texas a little bit more than that uh i don't think it's going to impact football recruiting at all by the way who thinks i keep getting people that say yeah the colorado is getting majorly overrated and i might be i might be dense here because i am dense who thinks colorado is going to be good there's national guys that are like i think there's a national guy last week that was like colorado should be in the top 25 i look at vegas and even though I think Vegas is wrong in Arizona, Vegas they've been wrong on that. They, they haven't backed the A nearly as much as they should have. Right, but like the the win total in Vegas for Colorado this year is three. So it's like they're they're clearly not overrating them. Right. I don't see. I don't see. By the way, Oakley Burklow. By the way, Oakley Burklow, another great name. We dude, there's so many great names out there now that I need to get. Oakley Burklow says, and thank you, Jacob Franklin, by the way. He says, if scheduling goes to protected rivalries in football, who would you want as Arizona's three protected games? I mean, is it how does that work? Is it it's different for basketball and football, right? Yes, yes. Um, My guess with football, I think it's predictable. I think it's going to be Oregon, Oregon, sorry, uh, Utah, BYU, ASU. Okay, so you're going with the two Utah schools and with ASU. Yeah. We need to foster this rivalry, though, with BYU, with BYU, though, by the way. Back the A. We're ready for the season to start. Edward Sanchez, my guy, thanks for hopping in there. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's about right. By the way, um, when it comes to a basketball, when it comes to basketball in this conference, I am curious. I've been looking because everybody's so everybody's generally so good. I am curious to see how our guy at uh, West Virginia, Kirk Creesa, does this uh, this coming season. Share what are Kirk Creesa's numbers going to be for West Virginia in the Big 12 this year? He'll average like 10 points with five assists a game on like 34% shooting. I was going to say on about 34% shooting somewhere in there. All right, I agree with that. I think that's exactly what I would put. Um, but great defense, though, correct? Great defense. I'm very curious how he does in this conference. I am really, you know what? I'm more curious to see. I'm curious to see if the uh, the talking continues because it's going to be a lot different. Uh, the players that he's going to be going against, it's going to be a lot different. Well, look, I mean, they're playing Houston like for real now, right? So, like so, and and here's the thing too. Like, it's a different style of play. They're not getting up and down the court. He's a half court point guard more now, and it, it, it's going to be. I'm I'm very very curious to see how that plays out. I'm very much looking forward to this. By the way, Boog- uh, Five of a Kind Media says, ooh, this is a shot at cheer right here. Boogie Ellis or Cody Williams, Pac-12 Player of the Year? I very much like Cody Williams, but I do not uh, envision him being the Pac-12 Player of the Year. Uh, neither. I would put I, If I had to pick one of them, I would say Boogie, though. You know who I think I'm going to go for Pac-12 Player of the Year? Will Richardson. <laughs> no, I will not go with Will Richardson. And Foley Dante. 
I could see that. Because so, what do you think of the average? Like sixteen and nine, sixteen and eight. 17 and nine, something like that. He was, I mean, something like that. That's where I would imagine he would be. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk out of conference. Jacob Franklin, if you could pull up this schedule right here that the U of A has, um, this is actually some pretty impressive stuff. I am curious. So you got Duke, you got Michigan State, you got Wisconsin, Purdue, and Alabama. Here's the question, though, Sheer. Are we going to continue to see this kind of scheduling from the Tommy gun in the Big 12 where everything's a gauntlet? That's where I'm kind of excited to see. Uh, I'll be honest. I hope not. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I, no, I, no, I, no. I hope so. I mean, look, it, it would be awesome. If you – let's say that was the schedule, right? Let's just take this. This is the schedule, and then you add it to the Big 12 schedule. Arizona would make the tournament with, like, 13 losses, right? Right, right, for sure. So, I mean, it's – I don't know. I don't – but then I look at the schedule, like, Arizona this upcoming season should beat Wisconsin – it's right there with Michigan State. I think at, when you look at those games, Duke is going to be hard. Purdue is going to be hard because it's at Purdue. Right. I don't yeah. know if it's better than Arizona. But Arizona, what would you say? Like if Arizona goes three and two with that, we're, we're cool with it. Oh, 100% cool with that. Yeah, if Arizona goes three and two in there, yeah. Now, Keck says U of A is going two and three in those games. ASU would go 0 and five. So we'll talk about that. Now, with, B, with Big Ten, though, teams, you got to remember those teams are going to be good because it's early in the season before other teams can catch up with them and actually be athletic. So that could be interesting. But Duke is going to be a real test out the door. And that's why we need Umar Ballo to be alive and ready to go there, Sheer. Yeah, Duke's really good. I know people don't want to hear that, but. Uh, dude, not like Shire. I think Shire's good. Yeah, they're and they're always going to recruit. They're a national title contender. Clearly, uh, everyone on Arizona, including Umar, will need to be at their best to win that game. And then at Duke, I mean, that's about as hard of a game as you can get. All right, now, Mike, you're cracking me up right here. I aim to please, Keck. All right, now, OGs are uh, OGs right here. Being a PHNX listener just got a lot sweeter thanks to our buds at OGs Brands. Right now, through uh, right now through August 31st, you can get 25% off 100 milligram bags of the fruits and creams at all the Arizona flower shop locations. All you have to do is go to the flowershopusa.com, uh, place an online order, and use discount code. Come on, sure. What discount code? All right, I'll do it for you. PHNX at checkout. <laughs> <laughs> then head to your nearest the flower shop location to pick up. That's right. The deal is exclusive to our PHNX listeners. And reminder, it's available for online orders that are uh, picked up in person. Discount uh, code PHNX is active until August 31st. So go to hashtag flavoringlife.com right there. Okay. You. Now, by the way, Keck, you better be careful right here because Kenny Abbey, as much as we like joking about Kenny Abbey does not take any uh, – Kenny Abbey does not take – Kenny Abbey's a real one right here. Some people look – if you could put Nipsey Hussle in a, a white guy form, you're looking right there at Kenny Abbey. Right <laughs> we agree. Kenny doesn't mess around. No, no, no dude. Dude, Kenny's, Kenny is about it. That's what I'm going to put right there. All right, about it, about it. Oh, I didn't wrap today. I'll wrap tomorrow. Don't worry. I'll wrap tomorrow. Um, all right. But overall, with the U of A football scrimmage right there, I was okay with what I saw. My main thing is I've seen them all in practice. The talent there is pretty good. Um, I expect Arizona to win. I'm going seven wins all season. Sheer, uh, cowardly, uh, cowardly Sheer went six. Either way, I'm going above that, though, Sheer. I'll go seven if they beat Mississippi. Mississippi State is that big game to me. 
Well, right. then you're probably looking at eight wins. If Arizona beats Mississippi State, we're recalibrating everything. This is correct. Yes, and I'm curious what that spread's going to be, too, because they've changed yeah. a lot of things, obviously. For I am as well. <laughs> all right. Sheer, where can they find you right now causing problems, uh, doing all that stuff? WildcatAuthority.com, Wildcat Scoop Podcast with my wife, Shelby, and at Jason Shear on Twitter. By the way, Keck, we appreciate you. We can tell that you're playing hard to get, but you're secretly a U of A fan. We appreciate that. We appreciate you backing the A as well there, Keck. Um, so the uh, on that note, we're going to sign off today. But Shear, we'll talk with you soon. For Jason Shear, Jacob Franklin behind the scenes, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.